Hello and welcome to episode eight of Encore. I'm your host, Tony Franchetti. Today's show is brought to you by GIA Soundport. From planning suggestions and professional development to blog posts and audio companions, Soundboard is the heart of the GIA community and is committed to bringing you the resources you need as a musician and a music minister. Visit www.soundboard.giamusic.com today and explore for yourself. We have a very special guest joining the show today, fellow GIA employee and sacred music managing editor of GIA, Victoria Zabel. Victoria, thank you for taking the time to join me today. How are you? Thanks, Tony. I'm great. I'm so glad to be on with you. Thanks for having me. First question, uh, kind of just a get to know you better question for our listeners. So can you just tell us a little bit about your early life and your schooling up until you were hired at GIA? Sure. Yeah, I grew up in the south suburbs of Chicago, so born and raised in Chicago. Um, and I, I started music early on. Uh, I took piano lessons in first grade and started oboe in fifth grade, sang in the choir. So music was always a big part of, of my life. And I always really enjoyed music that was sung in church and, and sung at mass, but um, didn't get into music ministry in an official way until around middle school when I joined the, the teen choir and was playing oboe. And then I did the handball choir and turned into doing cantering. So um, kind of went from there for school, I went to Elmhurst University. It's in the western suburbs of Chicago. Uh, I got a Bachelor of Science in Music Business, Economics, and Business Administration, and really enjoyed my time there. And then a few months after I graduated, I was blessed to join GIA, like you said, in 2013. Excellent. So as you mentioned, I know you're a very skilled oboe player. You play at uh, our GIA showcases at MPM, uh, GIA reading sessions. So I guess what... Uh, what about the oboe, I guess, kind of caught your attention? Uh, you mentioned you took piano lessons as well growing up, but were there any, uh, any, uh, anything else besides the oboe and the piano that you got into? Um, yeah, you know, my, my cousin played oboe, and so she kind of said to me, well, why don't you give it a try? Pick it up, see how you like it. And it, it stuck, I guess, for better or for worse. But in, in high school, I wanted to do marching band, and so oboes don't march. I did the drum line for a couple years, which was really fun. Okay. And played bass drum for a year. That was fun. Um, I was a drum major for a couple years. So I do miss, you know, like football games and that kind of thing. But that right. was a lot of fun. Yeah. School, for Very sure. cool. Yeah. You have your foot in a couple different instruments then. That's awesome. So you recently completed your Master of Arts degree in liturgical ministry from the Catholic Theological Union in Chicago. I think was it 2019 you, you completed that degree? Yes. Years ago? Yes. 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 So, uh, could you just talk a little bit about why you wanted to go back and pursue that degree, and I guess just the process of of that as well? Sure. When I started at GIA, it was a really, really great learning experience for me. I, you know, there were so many things about the liturgy and, you know, the church theology and things that really, really struck me. And so I thought, you know, I'd, I'd really love to learn more about about liturgy and church and you know, I thought going back to school to get a master's was a great way to, to supplement my work and, and, right. and learn more. So I had kind of a, a roundabout process. Um, I started at the, the Rensselaer program that was at St. Joseph's College in Rensselaer, Indiana. Mm -hmm. And I had gotten about a quarter of the way through the program when the school closed suddenly. Right. So I, you know, was trying to find somewhere else to finish, you know, finish my degree when that program wasn't around. They're now in Alverno College in Milwaukee. 
But at that time I was kind of in this limbo situation. So I uh, talked with a couple of my colleagues, uh, Michael Silhavi and Kate Williams, both former guests on your show. Right. And uh, Catholic Theological Union came up in the conversation. Kate had gone there also for school. So I was fortunate that I could kind of transfer there and finish up my degree. But the faculty at CTU were really great. I learned a lot, especially about scripture and, and sacraments. And it was, a, it was a really great experience. So I, um, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. It was great that, uh, you know, that was able to work out transferring your credits and all that. And I know a lot of, uh, I guess, friends of GIA, you could call them are you know, on the faculty at CTU and stuff like that. So I'm sure, you know, you had some really great people to study under. That was, you know, a great experience for sure. Yeah, it was, it was really great. And they had online classes, which was a real bonus. That's definitely a help when you're, when you're working full-time. Yeah, definitely. So you were recently promoted to a well-deserved new role here at GIA as Sacred Music Managing Editor. So can you talk a little bit about this, what this new role means to you and maybe some of your day-to-day responsibilities, kind of how they differ from, you know, your previous role? Sure. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very grateful to find myself in this role. I'm doing a lot of overseeing of our scheduling. So for, for printed music resources, um, octavos, collections, and then with the retirement of uh, Mary Beth Cudney Anderson, I've also started overseeing the worship resources um, and, and their production schedules. So a lot of what I, I kind of view it as this puzzle piece that I kind of, you know, make sure all the pieces come together and, and we make our deadlines and, and get, get things done on time. So that's a, that's a big portion of what I do. But I also correspond with composers a lot, trying to get their music ready and, and get things the way they want it um, for, for production and for press. And um, I also do some scheduling with engravers and uh, do a little engraving and proofing too. So as I'm sure you know, no two days are the same, which is, right. which is a great part of the job. Of course. So GIA is very, very lucky to have you in that role. And I'm sure any listeners that have dealt with you know that Victoria does no wrong. So Aww, that's, thanks, that's excellent. Tony. <laughs> of course. Here's a good one for you. What have been some of your favorite moments working for GIA? I'm sure there's plenty of them, but there's got to be a couple that stick out. I know there's so, so many, I guess uh, I'm kind of going to answer this in a broad way, but you know, I really enjoy just talking with composers and and working with them, especially, you know, at conventions and different events, seeing the really the, the care and the, the ministry that, that their work is and, and how they, really care about the church and, and creating music that, that people can sing and can help them pray. And um, mm-hmm. I've also really enjoyed being a part of hymnal committees and processes. And, you know, Ritual Song 2 was a really interesting process for me. And um, so that was a pretty, pretty memorable time. And anytime we can play and sing music and share, you know, what we do and what we produce at GIA is always a good time. So yeah, not to mention the fun times traveling on the road too. Those that's, that's always, right. always, always fun. a good, good addition. Always fun. Yes. All right. Next one. I debuted this segment with Michael Silhavy. So you're the second to do this. It's the pick one segment. I'm going to give All you right. a choice of two things. You pick the one that is your favorite and give me a brief explanation why you picked that one. All right, first one. Then this one might be the toughest, uh, knowing you. Oh, no. (laughs) Chicago Bears or Chicago White Sox? Ooh. 
boy i know you're supposed to do this quickly but oh no you're yeah you could take you this is i understandably can take some time <laughs> this is a tough yeah, choice i thought you were gonna go socks cubs and that would have been <laughs> oh that no see i already know the answer to I that i knew that yeah. yep okay <laughs> i guess i'm gonna have to go with the socks okay yeah and i i think oh that's really hard because both teams are kind of rebuilding i guess we could say but the Sox have been scoring a lot of runs recently, so it's yes, it's, it's fun to see. Good time for I guess all baseball, you know, fans in Chicago for the most part. You know, the Cubs are down a little bit from what they've been in the last couple of years, but uh, the Sox are arrows pointing up, pointed up, and uh, we certainly deserve this. It's been a long couple of years, so <laughs> don't say it too quickly, Tony. One never knows. All, all I said was the arrow is pointing up. I didn't. I didn't <laughs> say we're up there. <laughs> the next one. Steak or seafood? Ooh. Seafood, I think. Um, I like salmon a lot, lobster. But, yeah. Red or blue? Red or blue? Hmm. Blue, I think. Yeah. Good. Spider-Man or Captain America? Oh, I think I'm going to have to go Spider-Man. Just, you know, webs and stuff. That seems like a cool, seems just like a cool thing. <laughs> For sure. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Dogs. Yeah. Do you have I don't dog? have any. No, yeah. yeah, I don't have any. But I think if I, if I went the pet route, it would be a dog. Here's a good one. Spring or fall? Mm. Spring, you got baseball starting. Fall, you got football starting. Very true. Hmm. I think spring because, you know, you're coming out of winter. It's yeah. finally getting nicer. You know, I would agree like with you've, that. You've waited for, for some warmer weather. So I think, I think spring. That will kind of transition us to our next question. Spring is also the beginning of the golf season. One thing that we have in common outside of work is our love for golf. First, what is the state of your golf game so far this season? How have you been playing? And second, give us your dream foursome. Ooh. This is a good question, Tony. Um, I haven't gotten out to play yet this year, so I'm hoping the weather will start to, to stick in the warmer, warmer zone and I can get a round or two in. Um, I got some new golf clubs that I'm oh. kind of excited to try out. So, you know, we'll see. They should magically fix everything, you know, every <laughs> golfer's assumption. But we'll see. We'll see what happens there. So um, that'll be fun. But I guess, wow, dream foursome. There's That's so many players one. I like to watch. Um, you know, Bryson DeChambeau has been doing some crazy stuff. So yeah. that's been interesting to see. And um, I've always liked Bubba Watson. But I think if I had to pick four, I think it would have to be um, Phil Mickelson, Matt Kuchar, uh, Annika Sorensom, and Ray Romano for a little comic relief. Because ah. I've seen him play like some of the celebrity golf matches. I feel like he'd be fun to have. And then, you know, when you're playing with famous people, you break the rules and have a group of five. So I'd be. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I could. Yeah, that's that's a great answer for sure. That's, you know, three great pros. And then, yeah, that you need you need someone, to, you know, kind of break things up a little bit so it's not too serious out there. So that's right. where. Yeah, Ray there's Romano quite a few celebrities that are kind of fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, play. I know, like Bill invite- Murray. Charles Barkley and just laugh, yeah, at his, right? laugh at his swing all day, you know? I know. He seems like a lot of fun too, so. <laughs> all right. Next question. 
I asked Kate this question too, so I'll lead with, don't worry, I promise you are not incarcerated for this question, but if you had Great. to pick your last meal, what would you pick? Ooh. All right, I'd probably have to have a lot of courses because I couldn't just choose one, one area. And so this combination would probably make most people pretty sick, but you know, last meal, why not go big? Yeah. Uh, I guess I would probably start with um, some Mexican, like some just chips and salsa, guacamole, just your simple Mexican food. And then I have some Polish food uh, and a little bit of Polish ancestry. So uh, some pierogies with some various fillings, some sauerkraut. Um, I also really like Italian. So the next course would probably be some gnocchi with vodka sauce. Ooh, um, yeah. I always love a good vodka sauce. And um there are so many desserts that I would enjoy and would be high on the list, but I'd probably at this point just go some simple ice cream. Um, there's a local place called the plush horse. They make homemade. It's great. So I'd probably have some mint chocolate chip, close it all out. Like I said, probably not feel so great, but that would, that would hit all the favorites. Probably. No, that sounds like it would be totally worth it. And listeners out there, if you're ever in the greater Chicagoland area, uh, and are looking for ice cream and are not too far away from plush horse. Like Victoria just said, it is uh, a classic place. Very good. Absolutely. And they have about a gazillion flavors, almost anything you could think of. So. Definitely. Next question. I kind of touch on with uh, the majority of my guests too. just a kind of a general travel type question. Maybe some of your spots you like to hit when you take vacations. I know uh, you get to Poland uh, close to once a year. You mentioned, you know, your Polish ancestor. I know you got some family out there. So uh, yeah, just tell us a little bit about uh, maybe places you have gone or places you'd like to go. Sure. Yeah, I do have some family in Poland. So it's always nice to get back there and, and visit with them and, and see different parts of that country because, you know, I've gone a few, quite a few times, but there's always something, something new to see or somewhere different to check out. Um, Krakow is a favorite in Poland. It's just a beautiful city, beautiful square. Um, I think, I guess anywhere in Europe is, I always love visiting because I just love the architecture and the history. And, um, you know, I keep hearing Venice has had so much flooding. And so I just feel like I have to get there before, before they get hit again. So that's kind of at the top of the list, but yeah. Australia and New Zealand, that's always been on my list. And, um, you know, I've heard Asia is beautiful, some of the Asian countries. So I haven't, I haven't gone out that way. And I was fortunate right before the pandemic started to get to the Holy Land. So that wow. was really an amazing, amazing experience. And uh, there's, there's a lot to see there too. So I definitely would want to go back. Right. Yeah. The travel list is very long. So yeah. No, that's great. And I, I totally forgot about that's right. You went, yeah, I remember your right. trip in the Holy Land. So that's, yeah, that I've totally forgot about that. That's great. Yeah. So you, you have uh, quite a bit of family in Poland, correct? Yeah. My mom has um, two brothers and their families. And my cousin has a little, gosh, I think he'll be six uh, later this year. He's my godson. So oh, it's yeah. always fun to to see them and you know, the wonders of technology, it's really great to have you know, WhatsApp and all of that. So we can, we can see each other, but it's always fun to, to get over there too. So. Right. For sure. I'm sure you guys are looking forward to that, you know, as soon as uh, things, you know, continue to, to improve for sure. Yes. Yep. 
All right. So we'll, uh, we'll end with this next question, kind of wrap us up here. Kind of a difficult, broad question, but uh, it's your last one. So we got to All make right. It, we make made it, it to the end. Exactly. <laughs> so what are some goals uh, that you might have for um, GIA in the future or things that you'd like to see, you know, happen with GIA in, in the future? That is a very broad question. I, I think something that I found when I was going through school was that a lot of these, a lot of things about liturgy and, and theology, I had wished I was exposed to, you know, as I was growing up in my formation. So, you know, anytime we do any formation resources or webinars, I think it's really, it's really great to show, show people that another, another side of GIA, you know, we print great music and great hymnals and um, so many different resources with our music ed division and Walton and now with world library that um, it's nice to kind of show them another, another area that we, we can, we can help enrich the, enrich the church and, you know, and digital resources, I think are, are going to be really key too. you know, we've started mm -hmm. soundboard and I think that's a, a wonderful resource and a wonderful place for people to, to get more than just, you know, music picks for the Sunday, which are, you know, which are great, but there's, there's a lot of other opportunities for outreach. And so, you know, anything digital and I know we have some other digital projects in the works. So I think I'm most excited about, about those. Very cool. Well, great. We went ahead. We got through everything. Thank you very much, Victoria. I appreciate you joining us today. Thank you so much, Tony. It was really fun. Always, always great talking with you. Yeah, you as well. Okay. We hope you enjoyed that interview with Victoria. Stay tuned to GIA's website, social media channels, and soundboard.giamusic.com for updates. Thank you for listening to Episode 8 of Encore. Take care, everyone.